0: Attack, attack, attack. Tadej Pogachark just cannot help himself. He attacks, but with fruitless results, tries to drop Jonas Vingago today, trying to make up two minutes and 22 seconds, but to no avail. This is the Sports Psychology Podcast with Michael Seeley for today, July 19th. Stage 16 of the Tour de France from Carcassonne to Foix in the foothills of the Pyrenees. Two climbs today. Nothing like the next couple of days coming up were true mountain stages, but a couple of significant climbs here today. Let's get right to the action. There was an early breakaway of about 28 riders. Had a couple of Visma riders in that breakaway. Uh, Vengago and Visma feeling pretty confident they have strength in numbers and they allow some of their riders to get up the road and not protect Vengago um, Pogachar loses one of his domestiques today. Mark Soler, a pretty strong rider, got dropped today and actually lost a lot of time and missed what's called the time cut. And Pogachar loses a pretty strong lieutenant there. So let's go to the head of the Peloton. We still have this 20 man breakaway that's starting to get split up by these climbs today. And that splits into a couple of smaller groups. Now, the uh, remnants of that breakaway are about eight minutes ahead of the general classification group with Pogachar and Vingago. And they're content to have those riders out there in the breakaway because they're, they're not really a threat to the overall general classification. So back in the pogachar Vingago group, you have Pogachar attacking. Uh, testing Vingago to see if Vingago is somehow tired, and he's not. So with about 50 kilometers to go up the first major climb, Pogatra attacks pretty brutally quickly. Like you can see him, a really punchy attack, and Vingago bridges right up right away. No teammates of Vingago have to do work for him. Vingago's right on Pogatra's wheel. Two kilometers later... Pogacar attacks again. Vingago right there, again, shadowing him. So at this point, you would think that Pogacar would kind of get the idea that, look, uh, Vingago has it today. I'm not going to attack anymore. If I attack, I might get counterattacked by the Visma team. But no, that's not Pogacar's personality. That's not his style. He attacks yet again at the very summit of that first climb. He attacks and basically tries to surprise Jonas Vingago on the downhill. So he attacks at the summit and just hammers this downhill, trying to drop Jonas Vingago. Again, Vingago right there, shadowing him right there on his wheel, descending very skillfully, the two of them. Uh, so I've mentioned this before, but Tade Pogachar has this style of being really aggressive. His That's like his default. He feels very comfortable being on the attack. He doesn't feel so comfortable playing defense. And really what he needs to do is play defense. If you try twice to attack somebody as hard as you can, and they're still right there, you're probably not gonna drop them on the downhill. Like it's it's probably not gonna happen and really not worth the risk uh, of, you know, maybe going in hot to a corner and crashing. So i um, have a little more commentary on Pogacar's personality in a bit, but let's get back to the race. Uh, we got about 50k to go. Um, remnants of that earlier breakaway are getting absorbed back into that general classification group. But you still have some riders out there, not a threat to the GC, who are allowed to, to get away. And one of them is the Canadian uh, Ugo Ul. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, took advantage of the splintered breakaway and took off by himself up the final climb of the day and put in just an incredible effort descending alone into uh, the city of Foix to take the win. So that's the first Canadian win since Steve Bauer in 1988. So Canadians are pretty stoked about this. And it's also a very poignant win today. Uh, Hugo Ul dedicated the race to his late brother, who passed away, I believe, 10 years ago. And so that was pretty emotional. So it's it's great to see um, somebody win a race that way, and it was just really wonderful to watch. So let's go back to the group, which is about eight minutes behind, the Pogacar Vingago group. At this point... um, Pogachar loses Rafa Micah, uh to a mechanical issue so uh, this is another lieutenant of Pogachar on the Emirates team Rafa Maika, who's just really strong rider, doing doing a lot of great work in this tour he's um, setting the pace keeping things steady so no one attacks Pogachar as as a lieutenant should do when he has a mechanical his chain snaps and that doesn't really look good on TV <laughs> that you're that your sponsor, uh, you know, or your mechanic is maybe not doing uh, his job. So that was unfortunate for Pogacar. And right after that, what happened was that the American, Sepkus, Kuss, who's having a phenomenal tour, a young phenom, just really talented rider, he rides for Jumbo Visma, rides for Jonas Vingago. Sepp Kuss is now put in charge of setting the pace and even turns up the heat a little bit more. And Pogacar at this point looks, uh, he looks tired. Honestly, he looks tired. And so Sepkus is leading the pace, uh, keeping it high uh, for Jonas Vingago. Things basically stay together. Uh, Pogacar does not attack. Which leads me to believe that he couldn't attack. I think that the pace set by Sepkus was significant enough that Pogatra could not even attack. And even after the finish in the interview, Pogatra mentions how strong Sepkus is in setting this pace. And if you look at Sepkus, he's built like a climber, he's just perfect for climbing. So at this point, um, they all descend into foie, the finish line, together. They go over the top of this climb, kind of with a detente. They basically realize that, you know, Pogacar realizes at this point he's not going to drop Jonas Vingago plays it safe, doesn't try to attack Pogachar, and they all descend into Foix together to end the stage. Really no change in the general classification the top three. Uh, a couple of riders drop back. Um, Romain uh, Bardet loses some time today, drops to ninth place. Uh, Nairo Quintana moves up a notch, I believe, into uh, to fourth place. And so that's kind of exciting. But between uh, Vengago and Pogachar, the time gap is still the same. And Garant Thomas of the Ineos team is 243 back. So he's right near Pogachar. He could move up into second place possibly. That's, that's really tight in the top three there. So let me talk a little bit about Pogachar's personality here. I've said this before, but the guy loves to attack and he's been so dominant the last couple of years. I think he's kind of realizing that that dominant burn all my matches kind of style just is not going to work long term throughout his career. Jonas Vingago is very strong this year. You have all you're always going to have up and coming riders, too. So I think Pogacar needs to change his his riding style. I think he needs to be a little more conservative and really understand that he's not superhuman, that he if he keeps attacking with this type of bravado style that he has it can backfire it already ha- it has backfired already in the tour de france earlier we saw that where he got counterattacked and just really beat up by Jumbo Isma. so pogacher needs to chill he needs to be really calculated and what he needs to do honestly is certainly attack again but not this sort of wasteful attacks where i mean he attacked 3 times today with really, it didn't look like a lot of strategy. He just kind of just went for it. I think he needs to just get that timing perfectly and wait to attack, especially on the next couple of days in the Pyrenees are going to be brutal. It's like, this is probably the hardest climbing in the tour uh, coming up, really intense stuff. If Pogatra can be patient and wait until, like, the very last climb to just brutally attack Vingago, I think he can gain some time because Pogacar's attacks are so punchy, he gets instant gaps. Vingago's attacks are a little bit smoother. They're not quite as jumpy. And so um, Pogacar, if he's smart, he can just wait until that final, final, final climb, bite his time, kind of bite his tongue, and, and jump there, and he might be able to get, like, 30 seconds. Uh, but he's got... Boy, he's got a rough road ahead of him. Uh, I don't know if Pogacar can make up two minutes twenty-two seconds over a very strong Vingago and a Visma team, which is looking still very strong. Um, I mean, my money is on Vingago winning the tour this 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 year. I think that's the way it looks. Uh, it's possible that Vingago could just have a you know a bad day. That can always happen, right? So you never know. Um, But uh, it's not looking good for Pogachar unless he can do some more calculated moves. So that is it for today in the Tour de France. Tune in tomorrow and especially the day after tomorrow, which has some of the most brutal climbs in the Tour.